faith, this is my Bible. It is the word of truth. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can. I'm a believer and not a doubter. I'm a doer, not just a hearer. I'm humble before the Lord. I'm obedient to the Lord. I am mature in the Lord. I'm enthusiastic about the Lord. I know that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. Our scripture comes from where we've been the last couple of weeks in the book of Genesis. And I'll read it to you here uh, from chapter 9, verse 1. And the Bible says, God bless Noah and his sons. Somebody say his sons. How many sons did Noah have? Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Amen? And said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Amen? Well, you may be seated. You may be seated. Well, this is going to be our third sermon in our series that we have uh, connected to uh, Black History Month or African American History Month, uh, where we recognize the accomplishments and uh, contributions uh, African Americans have made to our great nation. And I have said that uh, when we look at, you know, American history, we normally start with slavery. But uh, as far as African history goes, but as Christians and, and, and children of God, African history began with creation and the introduction of mankind into the earth. The Bible says that the Lord planted a garden eastward in Eden. Somebody say in Eden. And there he put the man whom he had formed. Now, Eden flows from the region of the Blue and White Nile rivers to the Tigris-Euphrates rivers. So it flowed from the land of Cush, what we would call Ethiopia, eastward over into Assyria, which you now know as modern-day Iraq. Amen? So my objective is to simply show that we are in the blessing. You know, I said that in our culture, many of our young people are being dissuaded and discouraged not to get on this course of religious life that is called Christianity. They are being told that Christianity is a religion that is used to keep our people in a docile and subjugated state of mind because at one time it was used to present people of African descent as inferior, inhumane, and relegated to a life of servitude. Most of this thinking was perpetuated by an erroneous teaching called the Hermetic Curse. It alleged that when Noah cursed Ham's son Canaan, that the descendants of Ham were cursed to become black which over the years was used by many to justify the enslavement of millions of African-Americans or black people, regardless of where they were from. Now, I know the Bible is God's holy word, and it's multicultural, and it's written for all mankind. But, and I understand that Jesus died for all mankind. But, I said, in this series, I am primarily highlighting the descendants of Ham. And for clarity, I just call him Black Ham. Is that all right with y'all? Can y'all handle Black Ham? Not from a racist viewpoint, but from a view, viewpoint that is, uh, involves racial pluralism, multiculturalism, and inclusiveness. Because we are all in the blessing. I said, oftentimes 
when we and our children read the Bible, we have a mental movie that, of a story that is being played in our mind. And because of social engineering and a Eurocentric viewpoint of the Bible, we assume that most of the characters of note of prominence are white. Because most of the art and the movies are based upon stories that on those stories rarely depicts Ham's descendants in a positive and powerful light. And last week we focused on Abraham and showed how he intermingled and interrelated with Ham's descendants. And we closed by showing how Judah marrying a Canaanite woman connected Ham's descendants with Abraham's descendants, preserving the line of Judah. And that line can be traced all the way to Jesus Christ. Somebody said, we're in the blessing. Now today, we're going to talk about Joseph. Somebody say Joseph. Joseph's story is an important story, and it's an amazing story. And, 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 and we're going to see how Joseph intermingled and interrelated with Ham's descendants after he had entered Egypt as a slave. But because of God's favor on his life and his ability to interpret dreams, Joseph went from prison to the palace. And when he interpreted Pharaoh's dream that revealed that there would be seven years of plenty followed by seven years of famine, he advised Pharaoh and even gave him some economic advice, how he could survive the famine. And after listening to Joseph, Pharaoh asked his advisors, can we find anyone else like this man? So obviously filled with the Spirit of God. Then Pharaoh says something, he, he does something unprecedented. He promoted Joseph and put Joseph over all of Egypt. Ham's kids were running Egypt. So Joseph now get a chance to mingle with Ham's kids at the highest. He's been put over all of Egypt. And let's see how this, is, this amazing story play out. Are y'all in Genesis chapter 41? Verses 40 through 45. I want you to see delegated authority. Look at this. Verse 40 says, 41 verse 40 says, you will be in charge of my court. Somebody say my court. My and all, somebody say all. all. All my people will take orders from you. Yeah. Only I sitting on the throne will have a rank higher than delegated authority. Pharaoh said to Joseph, now you know in the movie, this guy would probably not look like you that's giving the orders. You, you're probably used to somebody looking a whole lot different playing this role of Pharaoh. But for the record, the brother was in charge of all Egypt the most powerful nation in the world at the time. And guess what? Joseph was about to make him more. More powerful. Now look here. 
Joseph had so much clout with Black Ham's children. Look what he did. Then Pharaoh removed his signet ring from his hand and placed it on Joseph's finger. In other words, his seal of approval, his seal of authority is a symbol that anything he was sealed would be lost. He dressed him in fine. The Bible could have just said linen face. But he wants y'all to know it was fine. Brother Herb, he said fine. 2003 account. Some of y'all don't even know what that, how much, y'all wouldn't even know what it feels like to live on something 2003. You know, we think we riding on something, we got a 700 thread. But that ain't fine. And you know, some of the best cotton and the best linen in the world come from You know, you need to go get you some of them Egyptian towels. And Finley, guess what he did? Brother Wilson, too. He hung a gold chain around his neck. I know now, them, them rappers must have read the Bible. They know, they, they know, they know we're accustomed to gold. Okay, long as I was Joseph with the gold around his neck. Pastor got a little bling bling. So, 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 I ain't no hater of gold. And I ain't mad at Joseph because he got the gold. And look at this. Pharaoh put Joseph in a whip. That everybody knew who he was, just off what he was riding in. You know, some people got some whips now that you just know who they are based on what they ride. Oh, y'all, y'all don't want to believe me. Verse 43 says, Then he had Joseph ride in the chariot reserved for his second in command. And wherever Joseph went, the command was shouted, kneel down. Show him some respect. Everybody ought to be able to get some respect. Look at this. It says, so Pharaoh put Joseph in charge of all Egypt. Joseph running the country that Ham's kids own. Amen. And they didn't care what color Joseph was and all that didn't make no difference. Joseph was just a human being with talents that God had gave him. And because God had blessed him, he had no problem at this point in time relating to Ham's folk. Well, let's look at verse 44. And Pharaoh said to him, I am Pharaoh but no one will lift a hand or foot in the entire land of Egypt without your approval. Then he did something. He says, Pharaoh gave Joseph a new Egyptian name, Zephaniah Paniah. But I, I don't get hung up with the name. They changed our name. You know, we came here, Kunta, 
and they changed it to Toby. So I ain't gonna get mad at that, you know. This is just payback. We changed Joseph's name. I can live with that. But then he went one step further. He also gave him a and that's a big deal there. Whose name was Asenath. She was the daughter of Potiphar, not the Potiphar that put Joseph, the Joseph slave to, but the high priest of On. So Joseph took charge of the entire land of <laughs> Joseph running things in Ham's folks' country. Now, let's take a quick look at I want to go to verse 40, chapter 41 and, and, look, at, and look at verses 40, 50 and 52 in this same chapter. He says, after he get this wife, Joseph have two sons, which will be the product of an interrelational marriage. I didn't say interracial I said interrelational, where two human beings hook up, regardless of race, creed, color, or national origin. Just two humans. Uh, I hope I'm making some sense to somebody. Look at 5252, it says, during that time, before the first of the famine years, two sons were born to Joseph and his wife, Asenath the daughter of Potiphar, the high priest, the priest of On. Joseph named his older son Manasseh. Somebody say Manasseh. He says, for he said, God has made me forget all of my troubles and everyone in my family, father's family. Now Joseph was saying, I'm over what my folk did to me. I no longer have this hatred and this bitterness in my heart. After all, my own family sold me into slavery. And, and, and I could have been bitter about that, but for now, I'm over it. So to remind myself that I'm over with what my folk did to me, every time I call my boy name, I'm speaking, I'm over it. I'm over you, Judah. I'm over you. I'm over you, Simeon. I'm over y'all. I'm over everything y'all did to me. It's time for some of y'all to rename yourself and get over some stuff. <laughs> it's time for you to get over some stuff. It's time for you to let some things go. It's time for you to come to re realization that the longer you hold on to stuff, the worse off you're going to be. Now look at this. His second son, Joseph, in verse 2, it says, Joseph named his second son Ephraim. Kind of sound like misery ham. Misery ham. The R-A-I-M at the back of that, his name, connects him to Egypt. For he said, God has made me fruitful in the land of my grief. In other words, they sent me down here to be a slave. But now I'm the second man in. I'm running things. And in the midst of my misery, in the midst of my troubles, in the midst of my trials, God made me.
fruitful. I didn't allow my circumstance or my situation to keep me from being fruitful where God planted me. I was planted in a situation that I didn't want to be in, but because God was with me, I became Time for some of us to be fruitful just means you can be productive and prolific in some things. I mean, you can produce something. It's time for you all to be fruitful on your jobs. You ought to be productive. You ought to be producing things for the folk that you Ah, uh, let me move on. Let me keep talking about Joseph. Now, the severe famine hit. And the entire land was suffering as a result of it. It's so bad that even Joseph's father and his whole family was suffering in the land of Canaan. So they ended up in Egypt. And chapters 42 through 47 captured that amazing story of how Joseph's actions saved his entire family and, 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 and how they were tremendously blessed in Egypt even though they were not natural-born Egyptians. They ended up in some of the best land. And then it comes a time when Jacob was near death. And I want you to see what he does to these two sons that Joseph had. Now, he had a whole lot of other children that he could have just plucked out and did something special for. But for some reason, least, God wanted him to do something special for Joseph, boy. Y'all better hear me today. <laughs> because he must have understood that they are in the... Regardless of who their mom and their daddy were, they are in the... And what he does, he elevates them above two of his own. Unprecedented. Let me make this plain to show you how important this is. He says, now, I'm in uh, uh, chapter 48, verse 3 to 6. It says, Jacob said to Joseph, Almighty God, uh, God Almighty, appeared to me in, at Luz, in the land of, somebody say it loud. Canaan. Who runs Canaan? Ham's. In the land of where? And he blessed him in the land of? And this is what he told me. He gave him a promise. And he said to me, I will make you fruitful and I will multiply your descendants. Well, we know he had 12 sons by four different women. Amen. That didn't even count his daughter. So he, God fulfilled that promise. Amen. And I will make you a multitude of nations. Not races. Nations. You know, I told you God don't define and classify based on color. Nations, clans, belief systems. Not color. Color is a construct that you was taught here. Not in the Bible. And so therefore we got to get beyond color and see people as human beings like God see them. 
So he says, I will make you a multitude of nations. And I will give this land of Canaan. Uh-oh. He finna take Ham's folk land. He God. He God. I ain't like it. But he can do what he want to do. The earth is the Lord. And the fools out, he own it all. So he can do with what he want with it. I just want to be on the blessing side when he starts doing something. But, but he can do it. So this is what he promised. I will give this land of Canaan to your descendants after you as an everlasting possession. Now look at this. Then look what he says. Now I am claiming as my own sons these two boys of yours, Ephraim and Manasseh. Now get this. He didn't say they're going to be my grandsons. He said they're going to be my. That means I'm going to adopt them and then I'm going to treat them just like they came out of my loins instead of yours. And I'm going to give them an inheritance just like all your other brothers going to get. And they are going to be adopted into this family and I'm going to bless these little Egyptians. You know, I know them other boys had to get mad because he overstepped Reuben and Simeon, the two oldest, because the oldest one should have got the blessing. But by elevating Joseph's sons, he changed the priority. In other words, now, Joseph, if, and I'm going to show you in a minute, Joseph don't have a tribe. There is no tribe called, but what he got is two sons represent him with tribes. So God gave Joseph a double portion of his blessing, even though Joseph was the 11th son. Y'all better hear me today. He, he says, now, I'm claiming as my son these two boys of yours, Ephraim and Manasseh, who were born here in the land of Egypt before I arrived. They will be my sons just as Reuben, Reuben, and Simeon are. But look at this. But any children born to you in the future, if you and your wife hook up again, y'all have some more, them yours. You know, you can call them what you want, do what you want with them, but these two belong to me. And they will inherit land within the territory of their brothers. Ephraim and Manasseh. So all your other children are going to be blessed because their brother was blessed. They're going to get some land just because. Now, Margaret, put that little map up there. See, I hope y'all get this. This is how the promised land was divided up. Moses divided it up to give the 12 tribes an inheritance of land. And when you look at this map here, you can see that Manasseh is in red and green, in, in green, and then Ephraim. Them boys got land right along with Judah and Benjamin and Gad, Zebulun, right in the middle of all that, Black Ham's kid. I know y'all ain't going to handle that. I know that we're going to go to the... But now let's think on a real note. 
what would your life be like if your grand, great, 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 grand had got 40 acres and a mule? Inheritance is a big thing. Don't look at this as a small feat. When he took this, his son's sons, made them his, and then gave them an in. And that's why we have two tribes called Ephraim and Manasseh. Man, y'all got that? So, so Jacob blessed them and treated them as his, his own. Now let me turn over to chapter 50, and I'll read 1 through 11, because I want to close by showing you that Abraham's descendants and Ham's descendants intermingled and interacted to help Joseph successfully execute his father's last wishes. See, Joseph had received from his father what he wanted to happen after he had died. And, 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 and now that that time has come, in order to do that, Joseph needs the approval of Pharaoh. And because of Joseph's position, we're going to see that Pharaoh honors his request. Honor his request. He didn't care about Joseph's color. He didn't care about his family name. All he knew is that Joseph and him had a relationship. And because of that relationship, now when Joseph make a demand or make a request, he has to take it into favorable consider consideration. Joseph them blessed him that through the famine faith, he came out wealthy, wealthy, wealthy. He had all the grain. The people had the money, but they didn't have the grain. When people want to eat, they'll pay money to get the food. So he knew that they're going to be coming to me. And now supply and demand say, hey, they got money, they ain't got no food. So they can't spend the money dead. So let me make sure now I can get their money in exchange for my That economic plan made him the most powerful nation on earth. All because Joseph came up with that idea when the Lord allowed him to interpret a dream. So now Joseph is grieving because his daddy has died. Look at this in verse 1, chapter 50. Joseph threw himself on his father and wept over him and kissed him. You know, I don't know why we scared of dead folk. You know, when, when, when our loved one die, we ought to weep over them and embrace them. And, but most of us get scared. It was as if Joseph was there, you know, to do that final act of closing his That's your relative. 
That's your mama. That's your daddy. And you afraid to touch them? And he kissed him. I'm going to just stop off touching for some of y'all. Because that may be too much for some of y'all. So I know if touching is too much, kissing is. Let me read on. I wasn't supposed to make a point right there, but I thought that was nice that, that the Bible captured that moment. That had to be a very precious moment in time. Then in verse 2 it says, then Joseph told the physicians. Somebody say physicians. You mean Egypt had doctors? Physicians? People who had skills in medical science? Huh? That ain't what we were told. We were told Egyptian dumb. Can't learn that. But here Joseph got... who served him to embalm his father. So Jacob was embalmed. Now, the Egyptian does this better than anybody else in the world. Amen. The embalming process took the usual 40 days. Now look at this. To this day, the Egyptian perfected this, that there are mummies that are still in existence to this day. This thing we call him. There's no way that the latter things in this verse could take place if them Egyptian doctors didn't embalm him. Because after about one or two days, you couldn't even get him. So we need to highlight the fact that our kids have a line that come from a line of doctors and kings. Amen. Amen. The embalming process took the usual 40 days, and the Egyptian mourned his death for 70 black hams kids over their crying because Jacob dead. And they treated him like he's a dignitary. He gets 70. Y'all ain't paying no attention there. You know, we put the flag, you know, at half mass about 30 days for folk. If you're somebody, they'll let the flag go down for about 30 days. These folk recognize him for. And they talking about we cursed. Somebody just didn't know who they were talking about and didn't know how to read the Bible. Look at all this intermingling going on, Brother J.P., and ain't nobody upset because this person has got a lighter skin tone or a darker skin tone. It's just all one nation just mourning this dude that wasn't even born an Egyptian. Man, America could learn something from this. Let me read on. I'm almost done. Let me read on. Is this making any sense? Because I want to make some sense over sound today. I don't just want to throw out a lot of sound. I, just, I hope it's making sense to you. He says now, when the morning period was over, Joseph approached Pharaoh's advisor and said, please do me this favor and speak to Pharaoh on my behalf. 
Now, many will say, well, man, Joseph's the second man in charge. Why he going to just walk in there and haul off and go in there himself? Well, most people believe that, you know, these Pharaoh guys, they didn't just let anybody come in their presence. Feel the atmosphere. So they believed that because Joseph was in mourning, he could not go into the presence of Pharaoh. So therefore, he told the advisors, take this message to Pharaoh for me. Kind of like, you know, Esther couldn't just haul off and go see the king. So even though Joseph was high in power, if the man said, I don't deal with folk who mourning, then I ain't going to go and try to change that. I just need to give him a message because at the end of the day, all I want is my daddy back where he want to go. I don't care if I got to go through a messenger to get it to him, as long as at the end of the day, he honor my request. Some of y'all get caught up in your pride. I just don't believe he's going to know. Man, look, I need, all I need is him to say, take your daddy home. You know, you know, grandmama not told y'all, when I leave here, y'all better take me. Don't you, don't you plant me over there. No, you better take me. <laughs> so he said, please do me this favor and speak to Pharaoh on my behalf. Tell him that my father made me swear an oath. He said to me, listen, I'm about to die. Take my body back to the land of... Somebody say it loud. So all these folks getting buried over there in Black Hills folk land. Now one day it's going to be there, but right now, Canaan belongs to, to Hound folk. And bury me in the tomb that I prepared for myself. So please allow me to go and bury my father. After his burial, I will return within, without delay. Joe said, I ain't going to run away. I, you know, I don't need to run. I just want to go and honor his last request. And Pharaoh, when it's over, I'm coming back home. You know, Pharaoh goes above and beyond. Look at this. Verse 6. Pharaoh agreed to Joe's request. Go and bury your father as he made you promise, he said. So Joseph went to bury his father, and he was accompanied by all. Somebody say all. He was accompanied by all of Pharaoh's officials. All. The whole cabinet had to go to the funeral. They didn't want to go, but because Pharaoh said, y'all going, that's Joseph's daddy. All. I'm calling y'all back off vacation. All. See, Pharaoh had some power. He said, man, pastor ain't got to like that. I can't say all no more. You'd be a time I can say all. All means some nowadays. <laughs> Sister Pam just highlighted the past. All. All. All Pharaoh's officials. And look there. All the senior members of Pharaoh's household. The government and the family. And all the senior officers of Egypt. 
man, he done shut the government down. Done shut it down, and we've been to go and bury this dude. All because I got a relationship with his son. And not only that, this, this processional was so great. Look, he said, and Joseph took his entire household and his brothers and their household. But they left the little children and the flocks and herds in the land of Goshen. And then on top of that, a great number of chariots and charioteers accompanied Joseph. Can y'all see this funeral procession coming in the land of Canaan? Here Joseph and his brothers and sisters and their older children. And then behind him, here all these government officials, Pharaoh's family, the government, and all the other officials. And then on top of that, let the military go with him. Y'all got to get the picture now. Y'all got to get the picture. Can you imagine what that crowd of folk looked like? See, if you were looking at it in a movie, you probably would never believe that that was a spickle, speckle, speckity, There was a lot of dots in there. But in the movie, you wouldn't even get that picture. You would think this procession went on and went, none of your folk was in there. When in reality, most of the folk in there was Ham's descendants. Uh, I know that was going to hurt some feelings right there. I got it. I got it. But a great number of chariots and charioteers accompanied Joseph. Now look at this. Don't stop right there. See, you would have thought after 70 days, Faith, we'd be through mourning and having ceremony. But look at this. Verse 10. They arrived at the threshing floor of Adad near the Jordan River. They held a very grand and solemn service, memorial service there. And look at this. With a seven-day period of mourning for Joseph's father. Can you imagine our Congress and our Senate on seven days lockdown praying for somebody? Mourning with a family. You couldn't get all them rascals to do nothing. I don't care what president you is. But here Pharaoh say, hey, y'all going over there and y'all going to mourn with Joseph and his family. And all them boys got up and went. His family folk went. Y'all got to get the picture here. This is an amazing thing that's happening right here before our eyes. And I'm just trying to bring it into color in the movie that you're watching. You're watching the movie, but I, make, I need to make sure I paint the right picture in your mind as the movie is being played. Seven more days they mourn Joseph, father. Now look at this, and I'm done. The local residents, the who? <laughs> you just can't get rid of them Canaanites. They just show up everywhere. How do all these cursed folk keep showing up in key places when you need them? Because they in the in the blessing. Now look at this. The Canaanites, now, according to the curse, you can imagine that here's this audience over here with all these black folk. Because that's what they say the Canaanites were. So all these black folk, they just over there. 
then came off over in our land, bringing this dude back. We know of his family because they was over here. We probably heard of them. But we ain't never seen this many Egyptians in one place at one time. Man, they're over here. They, they celebrating the dead, man. And we, we watching them mourn at the threshing floor of Adar. Them Canaanites were so impressed with that worship service that they changed the name of that place. Can you imagine that you can do something in such a powerful way that when you leave it, they rename it? After what you left there? After what you presented? Can you imagine that? What kind of impression you're making on somebody's mind that they will come up with a name for what you're doing? And look at this. They renamed the place, which is near Jordan, Abel Misery. I know how to say that one, because that's what I am. They named it Abel what? Now, you don't even need to re read the rest of it. I done taught you enough to know that got to mean Egypt. You don't even need to know Hebrew or Shebrew. Or any other brew. <laughs> Pastor Bolton, I taught you enough to know that that got to mean. And they renamed the place Abel Miseram. For they said, so for us who slow to learn, they told us what it means. This is the place of deep mourning for these who? Now look at this, this is something y'all didn't catch. That was a whole group of people went back for the funeral. Uh -huh. And they were not all Egyptian. Right. But the people in the land didn't see but one nation of folks standing there. Right. And they classified them all as Oh, y'all better get that today. You know, indivisible with liberty and justice for all, one nation not on the groove, but <laughs> <laughs> but that one nation thing is written in a lot of our official but we need to learn that we can be just like these Egyptians who come back even though they were mixed up and they were not all Egyptian because half of them were Joseph folk but the people in the land saw one nation of people mourning the dead, and guess what? They put them all in there and say, that's a nation of Egyptians. One day, we as a nation got to wake up and say, we're a nation of Americans. Not black American, white American, Italian American, Jewish American, all these other Americans. That's okay as a subculture, but look here. As a nation, we got to all see ourselves as a... And when we all are crying and whining, shouting, dancing, da-da-da-da, I shouldn't say, oh, that's the black folks over there whining. That's the white folks there whining. No, that's the nation whining. The nation is supposed to whine when certain things go wrong in this nation and it's not right. Regardless of what side of the fence is on, if it's wrong, it's wrong, and the nation ought to cry. It shouldn't be people looking in from the outside saying, oh man, look at the Italian Americans over there whining and crying. It should be all the Americans. So we can learn something from Black Ham kids. 
them Canaanites saw one and they named a place after that. Blessing. You got to believe that. Your children got to believe that. And next week, we're going to deal with how Moses connect to the. <laughs> Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. So I, I hope, let me end this by saying this. I know I'm just Black History Month and all that, but I will teach this in July. Ain't got nothing to do. The truth is the truth. Because I ain't going to be through it next week, so y'all might well get used to it for a minute. Amen. But my point is this. Some people tell your friends, they're going to chime in and listen to this. They can't jump in at message three. They got to hear the intro when I explain all this. Because if you got a narrow mind, you can hear Pastor Bolden and think, oh, what he that got to do with all that. But you just need to go back and listen to the beginning. Don't jump in the movie at the middle of the movie and think you got the whole gist of what the movie is about. So when they come to y'all with that noise, well, y'all pass me this. Go back to the beginning and see where he starts from and follow the storyline. Don't jump in in the middle and think, y'all passed the radical over there. Yeah, he might be. <laughs> but Jesus was radical. Amen. Jesus turned over some stuff every now and then. I mean, so yeah, yeah you call it what you want, but, but if the truth makes me radical, it's the truth. And the truth makes us free. Get a Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. 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 Every head bowed and every eye closed. Every